The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Uh, greetings and welcome to the Capital Weekly Podcast. I am John Howard and I'm joined by my colleague, Tim Foster. Hi, Joan. Hi. And our two special guests today are Alchemy Graham and Cassidy Hello. Denny. Hello. Uh, the, the Black, uh, excuse me, California Legislative Black Staff Association, which is newly created. I think I saw something like April 26th or 27th. We're talking just a couple of weeks ago, if that. Uh, so welcome both of you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Really happy to be here. Alki, I want to ask you first, because that, that's a very cool name. That has nothing to do with the podcast. <laughs> that's a cool name. Uh, so why was this new association formed? Why did you think there was a need uh, to have it? So uh, I, I think that, you know, with the two associations that we had in the past, there, you know, there was some membership in both associations. Um, but just with the experience that I had being on the blackboard last year, I was uh, the assembly fellow rep. Um, I was in the assembly fellowship last year. And so just with the experience that I had in that association, I, I could just see uh, just with, you know, with being the assembly fellows rep, I was liaison between assembly fellows and the board. And I could just see that the, just those black staffers, so if, they, if they were feeling this way, I can imagine that a lot of other black staffers were feeling this way, but they just didn't really feel like they had a lot of, room or a lot of space in the capital. They just didn't really feel like that community was created for them. And so I think that that was really a, a really big uh, sort of sticking point with uh, with forming this association. We just want to make sure that there's a space for Black staffers in the capital community. I mean, we're here and our voices matter, and we just want to make sure that everyone knows that. Uh, Cassie, a qu question for you is, the um, does the association get into things like uh, working conditions, hours, um, you know, sort of things we associate with union activity. There has always been talk about wanting to unionize in the Capitol. It hasn't gone anywhere among the staff members now. Do you see any of that here or is this got a different sort of a mission or a role? Um, we definitely do. We do see that. That's more of a legislative thing that will need to be passed through a bill. And like you said, that's been tried for a few years now. And if that bill comes back up, we can definitely voice our support for it. But as far as like our mission, especially in this first year that we're going to be up and running is more so about making sure that our black staff in and around the Capitol have a safe space. They have a place they can go for questions to sh share knowledge, to share stories, and also just to get more black staffers in the building to know that we are here and we are able to support and try and figure out just first and foremost, like how to get more of us, in the building and in managerial roles in the building. How many staffers do you figure are, how, how, what's the membership size now? In term, I know there are a couple thousand employees in the Capitol, but in terms of the staff association, the new association, how many uh, are there, do you think? In terms of membership for the association, I, last time I checked, we are at 49. Um, I haven't checked in a while. Um, so that's, I should, I should check on that. But last time I checked, we're at 49. So I think that that's, that's pretty good. Do, do you see um, uh, membership growing? Are you reaching out to people say, hey, come on and join us? Uh, are you getting a positive reaction or are you getting people, you know, hey, I don't know if I want to join anything. I might get in touch with my boss or something. And like, you know, I mean, is there a, you know, is there a tension piece here? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that 
the excitement level is very high. I mean, just me being in the third house and not, not being in the building anymore. It's been really exciting seeing how many lobbyists are really excited about the association because last year we did um, on the blackboard, we did have a lobbyist liaison. And I think that was pretty much the extent of the lobbyist sort of interactions that we had. So it's been really great, you know, having a lobbyist liaison on this board. And then with me being a lobbyist and just so many other uh, people on the board being in different aspects of the capital community, yeah. we're really right. able to pull from a lot of different directions and really, you know, uh, crowdsource and get as many people uh, on the membership team as possible. It's been great. And I would say that just from initial, I mean, we just had our elections last week. There's been a lot of positive outreach directly to Alchemy and I that we haven't even had to do yet. So people are reaching out to us, asking how to get involved, how asking how they can be a member, where they can donate. And so that's been really awesome because obviously our goal is to outreach and, and grow our membership. And so it's been really great that people have sort of almost beat us to that punch and, and asked us the question before we can ask them. Uh, Cassie, are you in the building? Or are you on the outside too? Or I am in the building. Yes, I work for Senator Skinner. Ah, okay. So you're the inside person. I am, yeah, yes. The outside person. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tim, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, so this is a combination of two earlier organizations. You came, you brought them together and formed this organization out of two earlier organizations. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so this is the merger of the California Capital Black Staff Association, so CCBSA, and Black, the Black Legislative and Capital uh, Association, so Black. Black and CCBSA are the, the original ones. Um, and so, uh, you know, with me being on the Black board, I sat down with some of the uh, members, uh, the board members of CCBSA last year, I think, it, it might have been late last year. It might have been like November. I could be making that up. But um, it was sometime last year we did sit down and have conversations about what it would look like if the two uh, associations came together and what we'd like that sort of product to look like. So it was just several meetings, um, you know, just kind of going back and forth about what our ideas would look like and, you know, what the board structure might be, what the elections might look like, how membership should look. So just a lot of conversations um, and here we are. CLBSA has been a great product of those two associations and just really excited to see it grow. Do, do you ever present, uh, maybe after a meeting, you have a, uh, a list of things that you want to accomplish or concerns or proposals. Do you present those, say, in a formal way to the, cauc to the Black Caucus or any caucus? Or do you go to your to, um, you know, legislators or the chief of staff in the assembly or the Senate? Or how does that work? Is there a process for that? I can take it from what I know, and then you can talk about your experience with the Blackboard. Um, we do have an assembly diversity liaison, and so his name's Isaiah. He will be working directly with speaker staff and making sure that they, um, Speaker Rendon and his staff, making sure that they are up to date on everything that the caucus is doing, where we want to go, what our goals are, so that they can really make sure they're partnering with us and, and helping us achieve those. So, so far we've had, and, and this has been the same for the past two boards as well, is we have great support from leadership in making uh -huh. sure that we are able to achieve what we want to achieve or even just have a sounding board for ideas and so Isaiah will be the main person that um, coordinates with them but overall like all of us on the board feel supported by them even if we're not the assembly diversity liaison. So there wasn't any suspicion there wasn't any uh-oh the, the, the people are getting together they're going to come after us that kind of none of that we didn't run into any of that. 
no, no, none of that. It was, it was all a very amicable process and we're all on the same page. Um, we are working on setting up a meeting with the caucus so that they can all get to, we can all, you know, sort of meet the board and everything like that. We're still working on setting that up though, since the board was just elected last week, like Cassidy said. Well, you know, before the podcast, Tim and I were talking about that, um, the Dear Staffers, uh, that, that whole kind of a process. It, was, it didn't last that long, but it was really intense. And it was basically a sort of a safety valve, I think, for people who had worked in the Capitol and hadn't worked for good bosses, had bad experience, either with their bosses or with fellow, you know, assembly people, staff people. Uh, and it was pretty valuable, it seemed to me. And a lot of the comments were made had really had the ring of veracity and truth to the extent those things can be checked and, you know, verified. Do you see this having that kind of, this might be a question for Cassidy. Do you see this having this kind of a process happening here with the, with the new staff association? Um, yes and no. I think our main goal with this new staff association is one, just sort of like understanding how monumental it is that we have both of the staff associations now combined into one and, and we can all kind of come together and join forces and be that support system. Um, and then two, being able to have somebody maybe in the lobbying world or in the building or a chief of staff be able to be in your caucus, your membership of this association, and uh-huh. you're able to go to them and ask questions and, and get advice and, and sort of like talk through, okay, maybe you're having an issue in your office and we can find somebody who's a member who you resonate with, who can talk you through their experiences and help you figure out the next plan of action. Um, And so I think that's something that we're really excited to be able to present to our community is, yeah, you won't have to go and DM this Instagram account to get your voice to be listened to. Like we're here to listen to you and that's, that's what we want to do. And we want to help you and you don't have to send something in anonymously to have your voice be heard. So I think that's something that both Alchemy and I are really focused on doing this year, especially as it's, the first year of the board, we want people to know who we are. We want people to know that we are here for coffee. We're here to listen. We're here to give advice. Whatever you need from us, we can do that. Or if I can't do it, I can find someone that can. Do you think any of the things you'd like to accomplish would require legislation? I mean, an actual bill, or could it be done by something less than that? I, mm, I'm not sure. I mean, I, going back to like the unionized question, that would definitely have to be in a bill. But I think. Okay a lot can be said for just hearing people out and creating a sense of community where we feel like if we have an issue, I can go to alchemy and invent or problem solve or just talk about reality TV or not even think about work. And (laughs) and I think that really gets people through. And when they feel isolated and when they feel alone, that's when you know, it, it turns into a bigger issue than it needs to be. So I think just being that community will help maybe not solve all the problems, but I think it will help people be able to, to really think through next steps if there is an issue that's big enough. Yeah. You know, a lot of these um, issues with, with capital staff, or, well, more capital electeds, over the years, I've heard so many horror stories. I didn't want to tell you about, uh, you know, elected officials and how staffs have been treated. You probably heard them equally like I have heard them. I mean, they've just been awful. But there really wasn't any recourse. There really wasn't any uh, safety valve for those staffers. Some could complain in various ways. There were some mechanisms that were set up, but they didn't seem to be all that effective. And over time, they didn't seem to 
really deal with the problem. Have, I, I don't know if this is a question for Cassidy or for Alchemy, but has that been, you know, is that a hope you have is that you can improve that or do, are you discouraged by that? It might not get, um, might not improve at all. Um, I think that especially with the support that we have from the speaker's office, having an assembly diversity liaison and, and um, with our Senate leadership, cause I'm in the Senate. I don't think that, we will be isolated or not have an ear. Like, I think we have a ton of support, especially from leadership that, that does want to help and that does want to support. And so I think that's, that's very encouraging, not, not discouraging to say the least for moving forward with like, okay, we're a new staff association. Alchemy and I have been in the building for a few years um, but, you know, having the support of chiefs of staff that have been around for a while of electeds that are in leadership positions, I think goes a long way. Um, and they, they really do want to help and support us. And so that's been really great having trying to put this board together, knowing that, you know, we have a couple people that we can lean on and, and shoot advice around and and sort of just like figure out where to go and how to do what we want to do. Um, so that's been really encouraging. I don't know, Alchemy, if you have anything to add. I literally could not have answered that any better. Like, that was a really good answer. <laughs> well, one thing you had both mentioned was that you look forward to sort of mentoring people and helping people come into the Capitol and get these jobs uh, that maybe otherwise wouldn't. And uh, if you're if you're willing, can you share your stories? Like, how did you end up in the capital community, the two of you, how, you know, what was your path? Did, did someone mentor you? Did someone bring you in or did you just, you know, you know, wake up in fifth grade and decide you were going to work in the state, in the state capital? Huh. I wish my story were that easy. <laughs> it would be, I, I always wanted to be that person. It's like, yeah, I just like knew I was always going to be like a doctor. Like that'd be cool. Um, I had, had no idea what I was going to do in college. I was a biological sciences major. So it's kind of weird that I ended up in the capital. Um, you're an Aggie, correct? I am. Yes. Oh, Aggie. yes. I was an Aggie yes. Too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I did go to UC Davis. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do research. I didn't want to be a professor. I didn't want to, you know, work in the field. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I just knew that I liked biological sciences and like environmental stuff. And be, I just like being outdoors. And, um, I, so Fred is our lobbyist liaison and I've known him for a while we grew up in the same city and we went to uh, rival high school so we've known each other for a while um and he was a senate fellow and i just asked him one day like hey could i come shadow you for a few hours and so i came and shadowed him and if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure that's where i met cassidy for the first time yep so i, I like i just realized that like last week i'm like wait <laughs> but um, <laughs> you um yeah, I shadowed him for a few hours and that was the first experience that I had sort of that exposure to being in the building. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like he looks so professional. Like he's talking to lobbyists. Oh my gosh, like this is so cool. And so then I applied for the fellowship and I uh, did the assembly fellowship. So that was where my experience started. I just, I got in through a friend. So it kind of, it's kind of funny how it worked out that way because he's a liaison for lobbyists. I also happen to be a lobbyist now, but he's really who got me into the building. And he's, a, I think, a really important part of our board. So, And then I was a Senate fellow a few years ago. Um, so sort of same thing. I, I majored in finance in college. Um, I was just good at math. That was really the only reason why. I had no like 
interest in being a financial planner or advisor or anything. Um, and then about, I think it was my junior year, um, I went on a learn and serve trip to Ghana and sort of realized that I have a loud personality that's very opinionated and that seems to fit for political people. So maybe I should try my hand in politics. And I'm from Sacramento. I I grew up like 10 minutes from downtown. And so I I just decided to try and apply for the fellowship, the Senate fellowship one day and luckily got in. And so that's sort of where it started. I had great mentors in the building um, and was able to really grow from that and stay after my fellowship and get hired on as a legislative aide. Um, I did my fellowship in Senator Wiener's office and then just recently moved to Senator Skinner's. And so uh, it was, it really was, I mean, yeah, I did get in through the fellowship, but if I didn't have the mentors that I had and wasn't given the experience that I was given, like, I don't know if I would have succeeded or been able to stay around. And so I really think it's important who you know and how they can help you. And I think that's, I mean, that's a reason why Alchemy and I are so like set on being that person for somebody else because it just takes one person you just need to know one person one person needs to help you one person needs to let you shadow them for you to have an opportunity that you wouldn't otherwise have and so I think that's why that's something that's really important for the both of us because that's sort of how we got here um and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that and I know Alchemy wouldn't either so um yeah I think that's why that's that's one of our main goals for this year especially did you did you find the reality in the building, the reality of the political world in the building, was it what you expected when you looked at it sort of from the outside and you thought you might want to do something like that? Uh, this I is would say a lot of reporters get, and it's completely different. What they thought politics was, the reality of it is different. I just wonder for you, you know the building now and you've been close to it, I, for, I guess for Cassidy. So was were you surprised by anything you ran into? I was actually pleasantly surprised because, you know, I watched House of Cards and everyone was everyone asked me when I got the fellowship <laughs> if my job was like House of Cards. And thankfully, it's not at all. Um, it's actually very similar to Veep. So we always make that joke in the building that it's like nothing like House of Cards and very close to Veep. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised. And also, I think your view of politics is, you know, elected like fighting on Twitter or they have clip clips um, from a hearing at the federal government level and it's just very it's very calculated like what we're shown um and so when you actually get in the building and you have this sense of camaraderie and you're also just doing policy work it's way better than i think what i expected because i didn't really you know i knew i would be staffing bills and i would be helping helping out with whatever issue areas i was assigned but really getting to go headfirst into a policy issue area and make that my like expertise for the next four or five months or however long I had this bill that was something that I didn't really expect and I was really pleasantly surprised about because there's just so much to learn and there's so many I mean unfortunately like issues that need to be tackled in the world and so I think that was something that it was a way way less like petty cat fights and more like this is good policy and I need to learn about it. And then there's also tons of staff in the building who are willing to talk to me about environmental policy because they've been doing it for four years and I just got here or racial justice or whatever health, healthcare. Um, And so really being able to find people that will talk to you and like nerd out about whatever your bill is as equally as you will, I think was really awesome. Okay. How about you? You, uh, you've been in now you're already out. So what, uh, (laughs) 
what, what was your sense when you're in there? Was it what you expected? Was, uh, you know, the workout the way you found? Yeah, I honestly didn't know what to expect at all. Um, I just, I, I never saw myself being here. Um, so this is all kind of a surprise, but I think when I was in, I did have some expectation of how it was going to go. And I will say that I think it, I think it totally met my expectations. Like there was nothing that surprised me really. I think it's, I was kind of, I mean, I mean, Cassidy's kind of right about like the sort of the screen grabs that you see and, you know, people fighting in hearings or whatever. And it's actually not that hectic all the time. Like it's actually people have civilized conversations and it's not just people like yelling at each other. <laughs> so that's, that was kind of nice. I just thought that I'd be stressed out all the time. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't stressful that much. I mean, it was, it, it had its moments like end of session is like no other, it's pretty bad. But um, you know, besides that, it was, it was a really good experience. I think the, um, the, I guess the one thing that I didn't really count on was I am very much like an environmental person. I'm, I've always been an environmental person. So I kind of went in like, I want to do environmental stuff and didn't know that I'd be focusing on so many different issues at the same time. And so that's why I think I was, um, I'm, I was interested in leaving the building and being a lobbyist. Now I work on transportation and transit issues. So it's been really nice for me to just have like tunnel vision and just focus on one issue area and not have my brain going in like 30 different directions. So that was, I guess, like the only thing that wasn't quite what I expected, but it's not a bad thing at all. I think it's great. Uh, Tim, did you have anything you wanted to add? I just had one last question and then I thought that could wrap it up. Oh, I can't hear. I think you're muted. Sorry, you know, my dogs bark all the time, so I'm working from home, and, and amazingly enough, they've been quiet, but I keep meeting myself. But no, I'm good. Uh, this has been really interesting, but uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know uh, how to phrase this, but I mean, this is the Legislative Black Staffers Association, and, and do you want to talk about why that would be different than being a legislative Latino or le legislative Asian staffers association or LGBT? TQ. I mean, obviously you face different challenges than other people would uh, based on your skin color. And if, I, I don't know if it's awkward to talk about that or not, but uh, you know, if you want to talk about that, we'd love to hear about that too. That's a really good question. I don't feel uncomfortable at all. I mean, I, that, that's a great question. Um, so first of all, like the need for the different associations is truly there. Um, as someone that is also on the board for the Capital Queer Association, I can definitely see the differences in the two issues and the issues that we'll be focusing on uh, just, you know, throughout the legislative session. There are issues that are necessarily, you know, environmental justice issues, for example, here's, I'm the environmental person I know, but like environmental justice issues, for example, that maybe wouldn't necessarily specifically affect a queer person. So, you know, there may be a queer person of color in within that environmental justice community, but it is like the environmental justice community that is, I don't want to say affected first, but it's not necessarily a queer issue as much as it is a, a community of color issue. Um, and so, you know, not only that, but we also do just face completely different issues. I mean, um, you know, there's just, just across racial lines, across cultural lines, there's just a lot of different issues uh, that we all face. And, you know, uh, obviously completely devastating and horrible, but with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, like something that, that black people haven't had to worry about is like hate against the virus. We haven't had to worry about that, but API people have, and it's really unfortunate. And that's why they need to have that space for them to have that safe space to talk about that, to grieve, to heal. Like they need that space in the same way that black people, we need our space to heal from 
you know, police brutality and, you know, uh, just racialized comments, insensitive comments just in public. Like we just have different issues that have to be addressed. And so I think it's really important that we do separate those spaces and provide the resources as needed and make it more equitable and less, um, less of like an equality thing and more equity. Yeah. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. I think there's a lot of issues that intersect between the different staff associations. And that's um, something that Alchemy and I are going to address moving forward in our boards. And like, we're here to support the other boards as well. This isn't just, we're just the Black Staff Association. So we're only focused on things that only affect Black people. And we don't care about any other boards. That's not how our associations work. And that's not how we've ever worked in the past um, because we, we do have issues that intersect, but like she said, we, we have issues that are solely our own. I mean, black maternal death rates is something that's huge and that my boss is specifically focusing on. And that's just, that's not something that other communities, while they do have high maternal death rates, that's something that the black community, unfortunately, like is at the top of. Um, and, and there's other issues, like she said too, about criminal justice and, and education. There's just tons that really affect the black community. And so I think having this black staff association and, and also showing people outside of the building or who maybe are in high school or who don't work in politics, showing them a board of people that look like them is really important. Um, and especially when there's, I think there's fewer black staffers in the building than other associations, maybe, maybe not. Um, but having, having a board and an association where someone from high school or like alchemy can shadow Fred and be like, this is so awesome. Like this person, I resonate with this person. I resonate with their skin color. And this shows that there's, there's, there is a space for me, no matter how big or small, um, that is also really impactful. So um, I think that's that's another reason why, I mean, we have all the associations we do is because we all intersect and have similar issues and then we all have different skin colors. And so I think it's really important to show people that, you know, we're here and we have a seat at the table. And if not, we'll just make our own table. Well, when it's, it's interesting you bring up uh, that there's not as many black staffers as maybe some of the other ethnicities. But last time I checked, I think black representation actually in the legislature is very solid and I, th- I think has been historically over the last say 40 50 years uh black people in america have been very politically active obviously because there's nothing that makes you want to vote more than trying to have having someone try to make you not vote for you know hundreds of years uh so what do you get when you go into the community you leave the capital and you're just going into uh your family your friends your peers what do they think about all this and and what is their reaction to what you're doing? Or do they even have a, re- or do they just, they just see you as their friend and don't really think about it? Yeah. I mean, as, as far as the, the legislative black caucus, I think there are eight members alchemy. I think that sounds about right. Something. So there's, there's eight members of our, mm-hmm. of our like legislative black caucus with our electeds. Um, and so that number, I think, can be and should be way higher. And so I think just showing like our, our association is supporting them. And if you're a member of our association and that's like, maybe you have aspirations of being elected and this is a community that we can, we can give you that shows you that, yeah, there are only eight, but like, at least you have somebody that you can go to. Um, So that was sort of the first part of that question. The second part, um, all my family and friends are very supportive. I mean, 
my whole office has before the elections even happened asked me how they could be members and how they could how they could vote and when and where and details we hadn't even worked out yet and so um i think it's been a really positive reception and i and i do think people you know not in the black community understand the need of this and understand the importance of it and so it's just been met with total positivity and support and that's been really awesome Great. Well, thank you so much, both of you. Thank you for joining us uh, for this chat. Really informative. I know we went on longer than we thought, but that it was because it was so interesting. So uh, Alchemy and Cassidy, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And today we're going to go on to our favorite feature, Who Had the Worst Week at California Politics? The Worst Week. Worst Week. Worst Week. And by careful scientific study and sifting through facts, uh, a blizzard of information, we came up with the Poseidon Project in Huntington Beach, a $1.4 billion desalination project, which during a a drought seems like a good idea, uh, would produce 50 million gallons a day or thereabouts enough to do 400,000 people. But the California Coastal Commission, which holds sway along the coast, some 1,100 miles of coast in total, said nope, and they voted unanimously to reject the project. And that's where it stands right now. The Coastal Commission's vote is interesting because uh, for many reasons, obviously, but one of them is that they have four members of that, of the commission, four of the voting members of the commission are appointed by the governor who really likes this project. So the Coastal Commission, even including his appointees, did not agree. And that's where we are. Tim, you got any thoughts? Yeah, that that definitely seems like a worst week to me. I mean, uh, I had also thought of Eric Garcetti, who just sort of has this slow rolling months and months and months of never getting confirmed as the ambassador to India. Uh, But there was another news cycle with him uh, being brought up, having his problems with uh, some of the folks who worked for him being inappropriate and having sexual harassment claims, et cetera, that he, according to some uh, say that he ignored, I, I, don't know if that's true, but that's the story. Uh, but I would say that this, the end of a $1.4 billion project you probably put a lot of energy into is bad. And, you know, I should, this who had the worst week, but you know who probably had the best week, John, in California politics? Zoe, Zoe Lembe-Hommel of Long Beach, who showed up at the hearings uh, dressed up as a plankton to oppose the <laughs> What does a plankton look like anyway? You know, I got to tell you, I don't think it looks anything like her costume. And her costume looked sort of like uh, one of those little one-eyed creatures that uh, they make cartoon movies about. It looks kind of like that with a cockroach uh, attached to it that's green. But anyway, but I I'm sure like Zoe it. had a great, was very excited when this got shot down. And, you know, she can now, she can retire the, the plankton costume or maybe repurpose the plankton costume. I'm not sure, but I'm sure she had a great week in California politics. Uh, You know, the lady dressed as a plankton has definitely, you know, had a win this week. Fair enough. Okay. On that, uh, on that upbeat note uh, with Zoe, the plankton, uh, this John Howard saying, thank you so much, Tim Foster. Thank you very much. See you, John. And we'll see you folks later. Take care. The Capital Weekly podcast is produced by Tim Foster for Open California. If you enjoyed today's episode, we hope you'll go onto iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week.